Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find several speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Craig. Everyone, I'm Craig. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I'm a hundred pounder. An honor and a privilege to be here. I don't know what I'm going to say, even though I planned it perfectly in the shower this morning. You know, and I'm going, oh yeah, that was the old way. Let's plan and really screw up. Um, It's overwhelming. to be up here and to feel and to know the miracles of my life. I want to welcome the newcomers, whether identified or not. Um, I saw, I think, a newcomer out front being of major service, maybe not even knowing. And that is God. I was told to be of service. That that is not for me, to be of service, a selfless act. I never did that before. I did it so I'd look good. I did it for this, that, and the other. Right? So if you're a newcomer listening to me going, what the hell does that have to do with this room? I was told that if you were a newcomer and no one said you can obtain and maintain a healthy body weight for one day at a time, a long time, if I wasn't told that, at least, why be here? It's Overeaters Anonymous. Whatever, it's bulimia, anorexia, undereating, overeating, in my case, compulsive overeating and morbid obesity. Why stick around? Why stick around? So, what happened? <clears throat> what it was like? All stories are different, and I have the disease. You know, what I looked like is in that picture. Um, I was brought up in L.A. I'm a native, dysfunctional family. Surprise. You know, I've always said, show me, uh, you know, I could say things that I'm on, you know, I'm being recorded about, you know, Jimmy Ward Cleaver and the Beavers and all, you know, all this stuff. I don't know what they were doing off camera, but what's functional? What does that mean, you know? Dysfunctional family. Uh, my mom's still with us. Big time. My dad is gone. His spirit is with us, with me. My sister, it, you know, great family. Weird family. That doesn't matter. Right. I have a disease. I never knew I had a disease. Um, I acted out in many ways in my life to cope. The food worked. All the addictions worked for a while. It's, you know, I'm, I'm not a drug addict. I'm not an alcoholic, but I bet it's the same high as, you know, oh, this is great, and then boom. And I look at food and my compulsive overeating as a hit, whether it's acid, cocaine, whatever, for drug addicts. I'm not a drug I can have a beer or two, maybe even three, and then I'm like really wasted. I don't use, it's not a big deal for me. Food is how I escape. Okay. 
I want to welcome everyone. And for me, you know, I got here in 1988. My first abstinence date was 11-8-88. So I just thought of them. It's 8-8-15 today. Kind of cool. Um, and I knew I would get that and keep it. All right? I did. Um, I had it for 11 years. And when I got up at another meeting at 11 years, and I went, I'm carrying on compulsive read on 11. And my sponsor got me after the meeting, and he said, don't you ever take this for granted. He was right. I called him once, and I said, wow, these are the size pants I'm buying. He said, that's great. Be grateful. You know, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. And he said, keep it in the present. So what it was like, you know, I was a fat kid. I was made fun of. I was a, could not play sports. I have a scar. I think it's still here because I was like, go bowling, and I, I follow the ball, right? So I was, you know, I was such a geek. I was so fat. I was, I wasn't, I was a fat kid, and I knew I was a fat teenager until I looked at pictures. I was 16, and I looked anorexic. So this is a really bad neighborhood. This is dark. This is dysfunctional. This is crazy. All right. To this day, my physical, my emotional, and my spiritual well-being, I don't see it as you see it. Okay. I don't have a normal mind. So I get to ask you all, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking of doing. What do I do with my food, with my actions, in professional life, in relationships? And I'll get to all of that of the way that comes from in this. You know, I could sit up here and read this, but, you know, you all know how to read. Um, this is how it works. This is the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. I love this book. I was told very early to go through, and the word alcohol has C-O in it. Cross out the A-L. Alcoholics. Compulsive overeater. Take that alcohol, put in food. For me, there is no difference. For me, there is no difference. Um, I want to say I feel a little bit jumpy, but I'm not, you know, my life is up and down and I can't focus exactly. So, 1188. 11888. I got abstinent. And when I got to Overeaters Anonymous, I was 12 stepped by a therapist. She said, Name three things you want to change in your life. My career, a relationship, and my weight. She said, which one do you think you could start changing today? I said, my weight. It's almost like God went, right? And she went, here, there's a meeting schedule of Overeaters Anonymous. You may want to try it. And I said, tell me about it. If I wouldn't have said, tell me about it, she probably wouldn't have told me. I said, tell me about it. So she said, well... Uh, these are the meetings I've gone to. She said, you know, my husband is an alcoholic, is a recovering alcoholic for many years. And I, you know, did one of these. I said, I'm not an alcoholic. She said, well, neither am I, but I act out with food like he did with alcohol. Hmm. And it registered. So 
so she simply said, here you go, but when we went back, we went back to schedule. Now, speaking of God, I had a higher power in my, when, 1968, I was in a, a very serious automobile accident, my sister, my mom, and I, we should be dead. Should. And I remember my mom saying, wow, you know, the feeling of something took care of us. So I knew that. I was bar mitzvah at 13. I didn't get enough, you know, I didn't get enough money. My friends got more, but there was a God somewhere. There was religion, right? But that was not spirituality for me. I'm not a religious person today. I value religion and I love traditions, but I'm a really spiritually based man. Um, for years, I tried to fight, what is God? And I had a sponsor who was back east, now he's still in Torah, he said, if you could do, use any of the senses, touch, feel, smell, or see God, why need faith? You don't need faith. So for today, you can borrow it, um, I do not put the sun up in the morning, and I do not put it down at night. So something's got to be bigger than me. Something. So getting back to God, I... Um, I was told about this therapist, and my whole thing in my life is, I don't have any money, whether I had it or not, whether I was making money or not, you know, I come from that. And um, so I went to see her, and it was a therapist and myself with a one-way glass mirror and a classroom option. So I was a guinea pig. Now, I am willing to do anything today to stay alive, to stay absent, to be of service, and to keep living this life because I was on my way to death. Okay, I was dying. But that's a big deal to expose yourself and God obviously said get there and what, 27 years later I'm still here. That isn't a miracle. I don't know what it is. So, what it was like. It was miserable. Um, I was a happy kid, I was a sad kid, I smiled a lot, I had a big... But when I got here in 88, I had a voice that was such a broadcast voice, it was such BS. And I asked if I perform, and I was big at and I looked at it going, wow, that's what I was. The best I could do because I had so many affectations of how uncomfortable I was about myself. Why? I don't know. I have found in program, in writing, and doing the steps, why, you know? That doesn't have to do with the fact that I'm a compulsive overeater. I have a disease, and the only solution for me on a daily basis is doing the work that you suggest I do. You don't tell me. No one has ever said to me, you have to do this. This is exactly how you're going to do it. I've had sponsors that said, you know, call me at 613 for eight minutes. That works then. It's great for some people. It doesn't work for me today. It's attraction rather than promotion. You know, this is what I do. If you want what I have, I'd love to share it with you. If you want to know how not to work it, I can share that too, and that's hell. That's hell, baby. So, 11 years. And I got too busy for you. I got, I was so busy. I own a business. Nobody else does. And I had financial issues. Nobody else does. I this, I that. I'm unique. I'm terminally, terminally unique. And um, turns out I wasn't. So, uh, it starts in the mind. Right? It doesn't start here. It starts in the mind. I'm an insane person. 
the book tells me I'm insane, which really sucks. Because if it tells me I'm insane, and I do what it says, and I take the, you know, experience, strength, and hope of you all in this, and I do it, I try to prove you're insane. Okay. So, anyways, um, can we speak about foods on this? Okay. I went out on one M&M. Okay. I'll start by saying I was 199 pounds when I got here. I thought I was morbidly obese. I was not. This was. Okay. Eventually, so I've had 11 years of abstinence, two, then five, or five, then two. I'm not quite sure. Eventually, I went up to 272 pounds. Okay. 46 waist. Now, I'm at a 33. When I think I'm fat, I call, and he's in this room. I uh, email, I'm jumping around a little bit, but I email my food every day. This is what I'm eating. This is what I ate yesterday. I weigh once a month. And none of these are my ideas, you see. None of them. It's the people that I work with who have gone before me. And if I say, oh my God, I'm getting fat and eating too much, he says, and when is your weigh-in day? 17. Fine. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Right. It's none of my business. It's none of my business. If something changes in the numbers, he will suggest something. I can say or do it, and I do it. So, um, I want to jump to the miracle. I really do. For 20-something years, I never knew what step I was on. People would say, what step are you on? I'd say, well, I didn't sponsor a lot of people. I hardly sponsored anybody. I was sort of a service. I was, this was 20 years. I don't know if I've actually said that in that clump of words. Okay. And that's a big deal. And that is ego reduction. That is ego smashing. Because when I got here, I wanted to just prove how great I was. And I went out and I 272 pounds. So, I was reading something this morning. And what it said, this is a meditation book of mine. Anonymous. Miracles are instantaneous. They cannot be summoned, but come of themselves, usually at unlikely moments to those who least expect them. My gratitude and joy for the miracle of recovery are boundless. So, after I'd gone through ups and downs in life and blaming and this and that and deaths and that, all the stuff, I had a little um, baby car. It was my little weekend fun car. And I was 200 and... I, was, I always say I was pushing 300 pounds because I was. And I was on my way to three, four, five. You know, for me, there was no seal. You know, I've seen anorexics and bulimics of 80 pounds who think they're fat and they die. I've seen men and women, six, seven, women, and they die, right? So I didn't know where I was going. I had this disease. So I pulled up in front of my garage, top was down, and I went, and I literally felt that I was dying emotionally, physically, and spiritually for the first time in all this working and lots of meetings, lots of this, it hit me. I don't know why. I don't know why. And I was told it was a spiritual awakening. I knew I was dumb. 
and I don't want to die. So the way that I found it back was by calling a professional who I knew. And I knew he was a nutritionist. But I saw it. I, I called him and I said, help, I need to come in at 9 o'clock. I went the next morning. And he suggested in his method, here's what you're allergic to. What can't you stop eating? What don't you give a damn about? He was very specific. I didn't know what to do with my food, obviously and obviously, so I... Okay, listen to him. Went back to a meeting, and then for a month, I was losing weight really, 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 really fast because I was filled with toxins and garbage. And after a month, I went, oh, wait a minute. You're going to put it all back on because you're just working on physical. So I went back to a meeting, went up to the scariest guy in the room, and I was like, will you be my sponsor? He did. He did. Okay. And uh, he looked at me, and he said, all right, let's get your abstinence in order. I said, well, here's what I did. I worked with a professional, blah, 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 blah. We went exactly what it was. Okay, next. Done. For me, abstinence, a bottom line abstinence agreed to by another is the bottom line. If I am not abstinent, if I, I don't believe in flips, this is all my stuff, I don't know what a flip is. I know what a slip is. One M&M took me out. One breadstick took me out. And I can't remember the other one. I don't really need to. One. One. The breadstick led to four or five days of binging in New York City, which ended every night with a healthy snack in my room with milk or orange juice. That's insane. After hours and hours and hours of pigging out, that was okay and that was... Insane. Okay. Yep. So, I have five plus years of abstinence. For me, I don't believe in I'm going to be six. I don't know what I'm going to be after this. After I leave here, I'm a wild man. Ooh, bye. You know, I'm having dinner with a fellow. It's easy for me to say I'm nervous, I'm scared, I'm upset, oh my God, I have to go home and I can go eat. For this moment, I have five plus years of back-to-back committed abstinence. I do not make decisions on my food without another knowing what it is. If I commit to vegetables and vegetables, I'm very specific about this. If I commit to cauliflower and it changed to a pepper, I will say pepper. It has nothing to do with the vegetable. It has to do with owning that I am powerless over food. I have zero power over food. Oh yeah. And my life is unmanageable. That's the hard part. That's the hard part. Um, my food is not unmanageable. For today, my food is managed by doing this stuff. Um, I have a really strong spiritual life, something I never thought I would say. I believe that this is a miracle. I'm standing here at this weight, willing to be of service I'm as selfish as will be. I never thought I was. I did for everybody else, but it's for me. Look how good I am, you know. I have to give this away. What I realized, what I was told, is for 20 years, I was not giving this stuff away. And I have to give it away. It says that. 
so what I want to do is, you know, the one thing is uh, 12 steps. I admitted, if, if there's any newcomers, I just have to say, this might all sound like Farsi, and I don't speak Farsi. You know, it could be an absolute foreign language, because when I got here, I was so out of it that I was in a big book study, and this was going around, everybody's like, a paragraph, a paragraph, and I was inside, it came to me and I said, what do I do? You know, I was in such a blur. So just know, if you stick around, if you can stick around to the end of the meeting, you're in great shape. If you can go up to somebody and say hi, you're in really great shape. So if none of this makes sense, God bless you, go to another meeting. I mean, seriously, seriously. I admitted I was powerless over food. Yeah, I knew that, but my life, that my life had become unmanageable. This all took me a long time. Two, I came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. As I said, I'm insane. It doesn't say could restore me to sanity with my food. It says sanity. I made a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understood him. To the care of of God. If I turn it over to God, I just kind of go, all right, I don't have to go to meetings, I don't have to be of service, I don't have to take calls from sponsors, I don't need a sponsor, care of God. Made a searching and a fearless moral inventory of ourselves. It's not as scary as it was in the old days. Um, I've done the uh, inventory many different ways. It was never the right way, because I didn't think it was the right way. But my sponsor suggested how to do it, and if they have, if I want what they have, I do what they suggest. Then in five, I tell them about it, talk to God about it. I am on six again. I'm entirely ready to have God remove these defects of character. I like some of my defects of characters. I don't want to admit it. Drama? It's great. It's fun. Gets me attention. Gossip? Fantastic. You want to like me? Like me, please. I'm going to talk about her. I'm going to talk about him. I'm going to comment. I really don't like it, but it works for me. Because when I'm scared, it works for me. And I'd probably rather use that than me. But it's, you know? Um, and then I get to humbly ask God to remove my shortcomings. Number eight, made a list of all the persons we've harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. I have a list from my fourth and scared that I've heard. I have a long list. Um, and I've gone through these things before. I've done the steps before. And um, keep doing them. Um, made direct amends. I have made direct amends. The two on my, the top of my list, I made amends to both of them. And I knew, oh, everything is great. It's all gone. Now I love them. I'll never have issues with them again. Lies, 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 lies. So what do I do? I write about it, I talk about it, I text about it, I bitch about it, I tell you guys so I don't have to blast them, and I don't have to eat over it. Okay? I can't go, mm, I'm perfect, I love them, they're the best people in the world. No. I gotta get it out. Um, and then I do a 10 step every night. I continue to take personal inventory when I was wrong, I promptly admitted it. 11 steps, prayer and meditation. I pray every morning, I meditate, sometimes I did five minutes out in front here, and it used to be I had to be in a perfect, quiet, dark, 
now I can do it in the car. I can do it anywhere. I can do it in a loud room of people because I just have to connect. And then step 12 is this, you know, sharing that. So, my life has changed a lot. I need you all to tell me that because I don't see it. But when I do this work on a daily basis, my life has changed. I do, um, I'm now in three programs. <laughs> and, uh, you know, for me, I am an addict. I'm a hardcore addict. I will use anything to make me feel better. I will use anything to make me feel worse. I will make me feel, I'll use anything to get me out of the moment. Fear, anger, excitement, lust, hunger, you know. I remember being at a wedding with a very dear friend of mine, her daughter. Joyous, fun, everyone's dancing, and I kept going to the bathroom to eat the cupcake cake. One after the other, after the other, shaking out of freaking control <laughs> because I was so uncomfortable inside. It was probably my top weight. And um, I'm going to do that today. Miraculous. I have received a gift. I believe we all have, whatever state we're at right now in our recovery. The fact that we're sitting in a room on a beautiful Saturday afternoon, there are options. There's a lot of options out there, but the fact that we want to get better, continue to get better, continue to live, live healthy lives, continue to be of service, it's pretty special. Not everybody gets the gift. I've seen people work really, 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 really hard, and the other word that comes back is try, right? I'm going to try and do better. If I could try to do better, I wouldn't be sitting here, standing here. I can't try to do anything. I have to go, I can't do it. I can. I cannot do this. We can do this. I get God through you all. So, what do I do on a daily basis? Get up, get my coffee. Actually, first I hit my knees. I say the serenity prayer. I say the third step prayer. I say the first three steps. I do step work. And I will say from the podium into you, um, you know, when I ask my sponsors to do something and they don't do it, I get frustrated. I get sad. I want them to have it, right? Well, for the past couple of weeks, my steps have sort of, you know, well, I'm a little bit... If I don't work on this stuff every day, I will go out. It's not I may, because I've proven it. So miraculously, as I've sort of tightened up, my sponsors are kind of tightening up. That's amazing. I cannot ask someone to do something I don't do. I don't know if that, I don't know if that you know, language is clear, but... The thing I love, I love this big book, and it's been attacked. I've got my original one from the 80s that is just mutilated and the binding coming out, but it's like, this is the doctor's opinion, right? Highlighted, it's scratched, and Bill stories like that. Ten minutes, thank you. And why do I show it? The first is we. We of Alcoholics Anonymous, not me, because me didn't work. So, 
What's really cool is this is a guy who was a doctor who was asked to be of service. And we, he said, I don't, this is, I'm just sort of my feelings and my thoughts on this. I'm not a spiritual guy. I'm not an altar. You know, I, I don't know what you guys are doing. Basically, what he says is, I don't know what you guys are doing, but everything we have done as physicians, as professionals, as scientific men, nothing has worked. But you people, as strange as you are, one drunk goes up to another drunk and simply says, here, I was like you, this is what I've done, and I'm sober. And it's working. I don't know what you're doing, but basically what it says is listen to what these people are telling you. And do, if you want what they have, do it. And it's the same thing with Overeaters Anonymous. I know, I knew you guys had what I wanted. I needed it. But I don't think I wanted it enough. And finally, I got so desperate. As I said, that day of miracle, I don't know why it happened. I'm very grateful it happened, obviously. You know. You know. I'm alive today. I'm a changed man in relationships. Um, I'm self-supporting by my own contributions, which is a miracle. I have a specific brother in this room that knows probably more about me than I know about me, if that's possible. Um, I went from really feeling sorry to myself, woe is me, having a business that I sort of pushed aside to now having an active business, signed a contract on another business, and doing two other independent things. What does that have to do with the food? If I'm acting out at any of my anythings, if I'm binging, I can't focus on that. That's why when I go to a restaurant that I haven't been to, I commit my food in the morning. Let's be specific. I commit my food. Here's what I'm going to have. And then I say the next day, this is what I did have. If I change it, I say it. Blah, blah, blah. If I go to a restaurant, I look at the menu. It's not because I can't take it out and look at it and figure it out. It's because when I get there, I want to be here. I don't want to be here. What am I going to do? I'm a compulsive over it. I don't make easy decisions. I mean, I know. Salad, salad, salad. Top salad, top, you know, it's pretty boring. But the point of it is, I want clarity. I want to be in the moment. And being in the moment is very, very challenging for this addict. It's very challenging, whatever. If it's a good or a bad or a exciting or whatever. Um, I'm the changed son in a big way, and when I get really upset with my mom, I go, oh, whoa, 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 let's, let's, let's be here. Okay. 83 years old, fell down a flight of stairs and broke her glasses. Um, she works. She volunteers. Her life is based on service. She works with old people. <laughs> Why do I share that? Because her life is about being service, right? And you guys tell me, be a service to get out of myself, get out of myself, get out of myself. Once again, as a newcomer, what does this have to do with the food? When I get out of myself, I'm not thinking about food. When I have a bottom line absence, I know what I'm going to eat, life happens. Food is done, great, three meals a day. My, my absence is very specific if anybody wants to know what it is after. It's my absence. It's my food plan. Suggested by somebody else. Um, is it regimented? 
don't know. I love my food. I eat a lot of food. One plate of food. I, when I got back, I looked at my new sponsor and I said, what about no thirds? He said, what about no seconds? Right? That is a crazy mind. I have one plate of food, and there are specific parameters around that. So I don't have to question it. There's clarity with my food. I consider my absence a sober abstinence, my opinion. My, you know, all of this is my opinion. Thank God it's not written anywhere. Except for my notes, and nobody's going to see those. Um, you know, I've said enough. I want to hear you guys. Um, have I said anything to help another? I don't know. I All I know is I am eternally grateful. This is a miracle. Um, if you're having trouble, don't try so hard. Because for me, for this addict, it didn't work. Try. Just like, whatever. My, um, my old sponsor's favorite prayer is whatever. And I love that. So I think it's a long way to be so. Oh, what is my specific abstinence food plan? Three meals a day, two optional snacks. Those snacks are fruits or vegetables. And um, the only thing I weigh is fruit, because the watermelon is a grape, you know. Uh, so my measurement is a plate. That's a measurement. And then um, I have specific foods that are, re- you know, I'm allergic to a lot of foods. In my abstinence, I never realized I would be allergic to frozen mango, almonds, hummus. Why did I know? Because I couldn't stop. It was suggested that, hmm, what about? So it has evolved. It has evolved. Oh, how do I connect to my higher power? Um, I do an act of hitting my knees or sitting on the bed but stopping, boom. And often um, I see something and I'm like, who made that? Nobody really made that flower or whatever else, but I make a conscious decision first thing in the morning to do that. I have to stop. My night routine, I don't have a formal night routine. I really don't. You know, I uh, usually do it in the morning and throughout the day. Right. Um, not questioning what you all suggested and just saying yes, but I don't, yes, but yes, not questioning what I, what was suggested of me to do. How, how did my life, when I stopped using the food, how did the unmanaged, what came up? Fear, I'm the worst person in the world. I mean, literally what came up? Fear, I'm the uh, worst person in the world. I look, I'm fatter than anyone. I have a worse body than anyone. All selfish stuff. Um, I don't have any money. What am I going to do? A lot of drama. And really taking the suggestions of others, saying, how do I get 
through this, what do I do? Is that sort of... I don't know how to answer that. Thank you.